Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is a Players Point production. It's sponsored by Prince Associates, the company you can trust for all your insurance needs, and the law firm of Decalator Cohen in DePrisco, specialist in line-of-duty accidents. Here are your hosts, Mark and A.J. Our next guest tonight, when we pay tribute to one of baseball's greats, Roberto Clemente, is a former outfielder, manager, and coach of Major League Baseball. He was a premier defensive outfielder during his playing days, 1955 through 65, as a center fielder for the St. Louis Cardinals and Pittsburgh Pirates, winning a gold glove in 1962. He had a long tenure in the major leagues as a manager with the Pirates in 1972 to 73, the New York Yankees from 74 to 75, the Houston Astros 75 to 82, and the Montreal Expos 83 to 1984. He was the American League Manager of the Year in 1974, his only full season working for the New York Yankees of the George Steinbrenner era. He was also named National League Manager of the Year in 1980 while with the Houston Astros. He joins us tonight to talk about his great career as well as his time as Roberto Clemente's teammate and manager. So welcome, Mr. Verdon. How are you? Thank you. I'm fine. Let's start a little bit about you. As you initially signed with the Yankees, yet you never played for the big league club. As a minor league prospect, you were traded to the Cardinals in a multiplayer trade before the 1954 season for veteran outfielder Enos Slaughter, now a member of baseball's Hall of Fame. Do you remember your initial reaction to being traded by the Yankees and additionally to being traded for such a high-profile player? Well, uh, I was surprised. Uh, I had no thought of uh, being traded, but uh, it was it was actually probably a pleasant thought. Simple reason, the Yankees were established. They had great outfielders, and there, there was no... Uh, anticipation that I was going to take over as an outfielder in New York. So, yeah, I was kind of looking forward to the fact that I was going to St. Louis. Now, you spent one more year in the Myers, and then you joined your hometown St. Louis Cardinals in 55, a year in which you named National League Rookie of the Year. What was that season like playing for what I have to assume was the team you grew up rooting for and then having that type of success winning the Rookie of the Year? Well, uh, it was a pleasant, you know, that's what I always wanted to do. I wanted to play baseball, and uh, it was pleasant getting a chance to play that close to home and, and be in one of the clubs that I followed to some extent. And uh, I was pleased to be able to play with uh, Stan Musial and Red Shandies and Wally Moon and, and several others that were there, and I, I really sincerely cannot think of anybody that I would have rather broken in with than Red Shandies or Stan Musial. Two of the best people I ever knew. <laughs> Absolutely. You then traded to the Pittsburgh Pirates in May of 1956, where you go on to play, have an amazing, nice career as well, bang 267 lifetime, 91 home runs during a career that lasted 1,583 National League games. You're the starting center fielder on the 1960 world champion Pittsburgh Pirates, batting 241 in seven World Series games. Your ground ball in Game 7 that took a bad hap that hit Tony Kubek in the throat, enabling you to reach first base, was what enabled the Pirates to mount that furious rally, the game that we all know, which was eventually won by Bill Mazeroski's dramatic home run. What do you remember most about that game and being part of such a dramatic World Series win? Well... <laughs> Actually, the 1960 series with the Yankees was kind of typical of all of our 1960 seasons. Uh, seemed like any time and every time we needed something 
to work or to happen or to get done, it got done on the ball field that particular year. And it wasn't just one player. It was a combination of all of us together that seemed to make it work. You've later become Bill as well as Roberto's manager and your teammates on that team as you take over the, the, the Pittsburgh Pirates in 1972. What does getting the manager's position for a team that you're so identified with, you're connected to that team in the community, you've been a longtime player, does that add added pressure knowing that you're, you're synonymous with that team and now you're the manager of a team that you played for for so long? Well, I think the one advantage that I had uh, in 1972, uh, yes, I had played with the, with the, and had coached and been with a group of players for a long time. But the one thing that I had in 1972 is we had great talent. And when I, we knew that we went to the ballpark, we were going to be in the ball game, probably win most of the time, and have a lot of fun doing it. And that's kind of the way it worked out. Uh, we just let this uh, playoff game get away, and we did not get into the series. Now, obviously, we mentioned before that you play with Maz, but you also had the opportunity to watch Roberto almost his entire career as you were his teammate when he broke in as a rookie and you were his last manager. Since we're kind of paying tribute to him tonight through the, the movie Chasing 3000 and having you on, what could you tell us about Roberto? Because there's an entire generation that never, you know, that follow baseball now that did not get to see him play and really don't know what type of ball player an individual Roberto was? The big thing that I remember about Roberto is, was, of course, he was very young when he broke in. I think he was like 19 and I was 23, something like that. I was three or four years younger and I had played uh, minor league ball for quite a bit longer than he had played. And uh, the one thing that I remember, and he was young, he was uh, very, very talented, and but he was a little bit immature when he first started, and he had uh, he did not like to play if he didn't uh, think he felt real well. Now that was early in his career. That was probably the first two or three years that he played. Murtaugh was the manager at that particular time, and Danny knew how to handle it. Danny was one of the best that I ever worked for, and it seemed like he knew how to handle it. By by the time Roberto was through with his career uh, in in the early 70s. Uh, in that time, he was as mature and has developed as much as anybody I ever seen. Now, over the course of your playing and managerial career, you had the opportunity to play and manage some of the game's greats. You, you mentioned before Stan Musial, Red Shandies, Roberto, Willie Stargell on that pirate team. Uh, Thurman Munson here in New York, Gary Carter, Tim Raines, and Andre Dawson in Montreal. What is it about those players that's, that set them apart from the others? Besides, you know, pure talent, what makes those guys tick? Well, I think the fact that they have the talent gives them the confidence. And uh, they never look back. They don't ever fear a thing. They just think that they can handle it all, and they can and so that's what makes it easier for them. Uh, there's no question that the people you mentioned had great talent and were great ball players and played on good ball clubs and, uh, and also were great club members. They weren't just part of the ball club. 
And as a manager, I mean, how how do you go about trying to get the best out of those guys? Well, in most cases, you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> it usually happens. But if you uh, occasionally, you might have to talk with them a little bit, remind them that what they what their responsibilities are, and generally, it doesn't take too much. They always get the idea and go on from there. Now, you look at your body of work as a manager, a manager career over th- parts of 13 seasons, you compile a 995 win, 921 losses, a 529 winning percentage, you lead the Pirates to the 72 National League East title, your 19 Ast- 1980 Astros win the National League West Championship, With if anyone out there remembers that Astro team, that is a pretty amazing accomplishment. What's the thing you're most proud of in your managerial career? Oh, I think just the fact that uh, we put the, the club together and got them to uh, perform, and uh, they got the job down, got a job done generally until we got to the playoffs. And in, in that particular case, it just got away from us. We had a chance to win, and uh, we were, I think, leading late in the game, and it just got away from us. They, we were playing good ball clubs. And when you're playing good ball clubs, anything can happen in baseball. And it, in this particular time, it happened to us. And what's the thing you're most proud of in your playing career? Oh, the most thing uh, that I'm proud of is just the fact that I got to play in the major leagues and was part of the 1960 World Series Club. Which is pretty amazing because I get to visit Pittsburgh and the fact that the the outfield wall is still in in the street, the brick of the line, and it, it shows you exactly where Mazeroski's home run landed on the street. It's pretty wild, and it's definitely you know ingrained in the fabric of the Pittsburgh community. Um, you know, you take a look at baseball today, and you mentioned the fact that you got there and you run into some good teams. You take a look at, at Terry Francona this past week, and the fact that you know. He was able to do something that no other manager was able to do and, and get the Boston Red Sox two World Series titles. Um, they failed this season, and you know, basically he stepped down, but obviously he was fired. You, know, you take a look at that, and you take a look over the course of your career, the different general managers that, that you've played for and been fired for. You know, how difficult is it when you know that you've done everything you can, and, and like you said, sometimes things just don't work out to get dismissed when you still feel you, you have a job to accomplish there? Uh, I think uh, Terry probably handled it as well as anybody could handle it. I think one thing I learned over the years is that after a certain individual is in a, uh, in a, a club situation and handles the same people for a period of time, they do have a tendency to uh, get to where they get enough of what this particular individual is saying. And I think sometimes, in a lot of cases, it is probably wise for a club to make a change, not that they're getting rid of somebody that can't do the job, because everybody knows Terry's one of the best. But I think he is uh, alert, and he knows what's going on, and I think he just got to the point where he felt like that they probably would be better off without him. But that doesn't mean he's not going to manage. He will manage <laughs> somewhere and do a good job again. Absolutely. And, and before you go, is there any 
team in particular that you really enjoyed managing, whether it be you know the body of work over a certain period of time or one individual season of a, a team you you managed? Is there one that sticks out, and if so, for what reason? Well, <laughs> I think the the, the eighty club in in Houston was <laughs> definitely an outstanding ball club, but I have to go farther back than that to the first year that I managed, 1972. You could not have put together a better major league ball club than we had at that particular time. It was just uh, the talent was all there, and it was probably probably the easiest thing that I had to do in baseball was to manage that club and uh, put them on the field, get them out there every day. Uh, just, uh, it was one of those things. We knew we went to the ballpark. We knew we were going to get seven or eight runs, and we're probably going to win most of the time, and that was a lot of fun. Mr. Verdon, we appreciate you taking time out with us to talk about Roberto Clemente as well as your career. Um, and interesting, you know, since we are a New York sports talk show, you are forever, and people forget this, the answer to one of the greatest trivia questions ever, and it basically goes like this. Who is the only New York Yankee manager to never win a home game at Yankee Stadium and uh, and yet win manager of the year and people like look at you like what are you talking about because obviously when you manage the Yankees they played at Shea so uh, it, it's That's a pleasure true. to have you on tonight and, and thanks so much you're welcome nice talking with you all right great Bill Verdon.